Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. See there, the shadows cast by hilltop, roof, and spire. Lengthening in the waning day, traversed by the stooping figure, bent towards the glow blazing from the moon underwater. Have you seen what the uh, the correct realm has been doing this evening? No, well, I mean, what the sw- the swirling stuff? Yeah, because it's it's obviously in a playful mood. You know those? Um, I think it's quite an American thing, but those like those things that are outside sort of car dealerships, the wobbly men. Oh, the wobbly men. Yeah, it's like there's a sunset, but it's sort of shaped like those, but in a very in quite a beautiful way. It's actually quite moving. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit like it's got that Edvard Munch quality. I suppose yes. the Scream was a kind of a wobbly man. This, it was almost as if the Scream were advertising, you know, zero percent finance over <laughs> a you know thirty six month car lease. I'm surprised no one's done that. A big wobbly man of the Scream. Well, he probably couldn't get the bloody copyright these days, no, could I you? Suppose you're right, actually. Or someone be throwing soup at it. Yes. <laughs> oh. um, but uh, actually, I think the copyright's probably expired on this. The the scream, yeah. hasn't it? I, I I read somewhere that he's not screaming; he's covering his ears to protect his ears from screams. But that sounds like rubbish. Uh, well, it's like the front cover of the Frank Zappa album Chunga's Revenge. He's actually yawning. Oh yeah. What do people think he's doing? Screaming. Oh, I saw this happen to me. Sorry, a bit of a tangent. That happened to me the other day. I saw you know when you see like a, a big white van go past and there's three three blokes all just crammed in in the front row. Mm. One of them was yawning, but for a split second I thought he was like crying. Oh, and the idea of three blokes in a van just crying as they went by. I, I thought, like it. I like it's it. It's a nice idea. Yeah, uh, but I think the uh, correct realm has pulled out all the stops, perhaps to advertise the arrival of this week's guest, and she's coming down. What I believe to be like a sort of what's that story in the Bible about the big 
I mean, I think it literally is the stairway to heaven. Is it Jacob's Ladder? Jacob's Ladder, yeah. yeah. It's nothing like that at all. Sure. It's like a sort of um, escalator. An escalator. Escalator. <laughs> it's like um, an escalator made out of Jacob's crackers. Jacob's escalator. Mm. Yeah, but that's it's sort of. I don't think they are crackers, but they look like crackers from this distance. I think you're crackers. Sometimes. I think you're. I think you've lost your mind. <laughs> um, but uh, she is. She has descended. Uh, whatever. Whatever substance that is. Maybe it's sort of a like a rivita staircase or something. Um, but yeah, very playful mood this evening mm. here in the realm. Uh, and into the moon underwater walks Alexandra Haddo. Hello, Alexandra. Hello. I've got already an unquenchable thirst, all this chat of crackers. <laughs> yes, that's the thing oh, yes. they say about a, an escalator made of crackers, is you think you can eat the whole thing in a minute, but actually you, as soon as you bite into it, you're as dry as a bone. Yeah, stair three, mm. I was done. Yeah, because so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you have to eat your way down it, don't you? Famously, yeah, of course. Yes. So, uh, how do we find you in the moon underwater, and how do you find the moon underwater itself? Oh, I, I find it wonderful, especially as I've got off this very rickety, dry staircase to get in here. Um, no, I'm I'm very very well and sober, sadly, okay. at the moment. There's nothing to be sad about. We've all got to be sober, or we wouldn't appreciate the sweet pints. That's very true. <laughs> uh, what are your favourite features in the moon underwater this evening? Uh, favourite features, uh, I have to say, the uh, the ornaments that you mm. guys have got. Glad you noticed those. It's yeah, a, a thousand porcelain shepherds. Yes, <laughs> and I have counted as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, um, and you, of course, your huge uh, memorial to the Queen, Her Majesty. Her Majesty mm. the Queen. Yes, the the moon underwater was quite slow to pay its respects, but. Do you know, I think it was taking time to make sure it was dignified. Well, of course. And um, it's one of those pictures of the Queen made up of thousands and thousands of tiny pictures of Bob Marley. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I think that is a really, really sombre piece. That's really nice. And what she would have wanted. Absolutely yeah. it would. Yeah. In black and white, of course, otherwise it would be disrespectful. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Alexandra, I was reading an article uh, you wrote about working in a pub uh, not so long ago. Yeah, yeah. You've worked in a few bars and pubs. Could you give us a sort of a timeline? A, t- <laughs> a, t- a, a timeline. A t- could you, you know, whilst holding <laughs> the image of a lime in your head, of could course. you tell us about all the times and all the limes uh, that you've worked in pubs? There is quite a lot of limes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've worked in pubs my whole sort of working life, really. I mean, I remember thinking that working in a pub would be um, a sort of step up glamour-wise from uh, what I did do as a teenager, which was work in uh, on the chicken counter at Morrison's and then Greg's, uh, which Greg's remains obviously the peak of my sort of employed life uh, to this day. But then, of course, I don't know if people have ever realize this but do, being a comedian and I used to work in magazines uh, famously you know financially overloaded if anything you know um, <laughs> just paid too much and uh, so I just thought to bring myself back down to the people uh, I would I would always work in in pubs and be a waitress so yeah I've worked in probably six or seven pubs um, over the last 14 years I think but yeah the one you're talking about is I worked in a pub my friend's pub which is a fantastic pub in Highgate in North London 
um, called The Prince of Wales. It's very similar to the pub that you guys love in Edinburgh, whose, which name escapes me now. Um, the Dagda. Oh, the Dagda. The Dagda, yes, which I went to this year. Mm. I know someone who went to that pub this weekend. Oh, really? The Prince of Wales. I don't think I've been there. The Prince of Wales or the Dagda? At the Prince of Wales. Does some people call it the Prince? He was calling it the Prince. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they yeah, call yeah. it the Prince, yeah. It's um, it's a great pub in Highgate. It's got a horseshoe bar. It's the size of a stamp. Uh, my friend <laughs> owns it. It's, ve- it's a very local pub and it's a mad place. It's I, fa- I sound like one of those people with a live, laugh, love sign. Like, oh, it's mad, you know, but, <laughs> because there's a lot of pubs like that. But it is, it's a strange one in that it's Highgate, which is kind of full of... People who have made a lot of money, but lot a lot of them not always through evil. You know, like it's not it's not all sort of bankers and lawyers and people like that. Mm. It's you know the guy that is in the buzzcocks. You know that they, they all kind of they're all sort of rock stars or artists or you know they've done something interesting or quite mad or they've sort of come into money. It's quite a weird because obviously Highgate is a very affluent place. Um, and then you get people kind of coming up the the hill from Archway. So you got this complete mix of characters, mm. and it's a very kind of local pub. But yeah, I worked there in uh, in the pandemic when it was you know kind of semi open rules. You know, you had to wear a mask when you were like walking to the toilet or whatever. Um, and it was almost always my kind of fallback uh, job for the last few years. And weirdly, so I'm from a place called Corby in the Midlands. Um, my dad has always lived there his entire life. But in the steel strikes in 1980, his friend, who was also from Corby, happened to own the Prince of Wales at the time. Wow. And he worked there during the strike for about six months, I think. And I worked there during the pandemic. And it was honestly like the only time my dad's ever lived anywhere else in his life. And he lived on the floor upstairs. And it was just com- by complete coincidence that it was the same pub. So it's kind of... I wrote, wrote that piece basically about pubs being... Uh, you know, there for us in a, in our time of need, not only as a as you know as a punter, but as employment as well, and kind of having a little bit of a something to fall back on, which was which was mad, like mad, like of all the pubs in the in the world, honestly. Yeah, that's such a strange coincidence. Yeah, the thing I love about that your article as well. So that this is in um, Prospect magazine. If anyone wants to read it. Is that idea, it's almost like the pubs are kind of like the opposite of social media. You talk about how three-dimensional everyone is in a pub. Yeah, 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 yeah. The differences aren't kind of, kind of as, as opposed, you know, in, a, in that kind of binary way they are on social media. Oh, yeah, 100%. And you're always being like, oh, fucking hell, he's in. Like, he's coming. <laughs> like, you know, they're not, no one is all angels kind of thing. It's all these mm. mad people and, you know, you're... Your WhatsApp's like, oh, you know, of the staff is like, oh, so and so's in tonight. Oh God, you know, have they remembered what they were like last time they were in? It's yeah, it's it's great. I love I love working there. Well, it's interesting. So the very early on, when the Brexit vote had been announced, but sort of the campaigns hadn't started yet. Yeah. The best conversation I ever had about Brexit was with a guy who was planning to vote Leave, and. I was really sort of fascinated by his take on it because he he worked in construction and basically his main focus was he wanted to be able to employ people from all over the world with sort of as little red tape as possible. And the position he was in at the minute is that if you wanted to employ people from Europe, it was a piece of piss. If you want to employ people from South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, it was very, very difficult. And some of the best workers came from those places. So he was telling me about this and I was learning about his life. We were in a pub, in a local pub to me. I'd never met him before. It just came up in conversation. And I was like, oh, right. I'd never really considered that 
I'd never thought about, you know, quite a specific thing that that legislation might change. And it was probably the last interesting conversation I had about Brexit because (laughs) after that, everything became incredibly tribal and quite unpleasant. And, Mm. you know, though he didn't in any way change my mind of, of my intentions, it was... It was clear that he had a very specific reason that was going to really change his industry. I don't know whether it has or not. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, probably has. I mean, sorry. (laughs) um, (laughs) In a bad way. But I had that conversation in a pub with a stranger in the way that I could never have had that on social media. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. You sort of said in this article, no no one's fully left wing or right wing when you when you meet them they they have yeah. different you know mm. there's lots it's almost like a an eq there's areas people might be sort of very socially liberal might be sort of economically conservative but you, yeah, you don't yeah. see that sort of personality eq online no yeah it's very much more like oh yeah it's it's exactly what you just said john it's exactly the thing of you know some of the the older guys in there and obviously brexit was a big topic because like i say i used to do the odd shift there and stuff before and it was soon it was closer to that um but yeah, it was. They did say things where you thought, "Oh yeah, well, you know, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I see where you're coming from." There, you're not coming from a place of like vitriol and spite and hate, like <laughs> you know, with a number of topics. And then obviously, sort of COVID hit, and then that, you know, nobody ever mentioned Brexit ever again in the pub. <laughs> what of, of some of the pubs you worked in before the Prince of Wales in Highgate? What were some of the uh, the, the belters and some of the the trickier pubs, if there were indeed any tricky ones? Um. I worked in a place called Bank in Clapham Junction that was incredibly soulless. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been there. I don't even know if it's still there, to be honest. Uh, that was one of the first ones I worked in. Um, I worked in the Alma in Wandsworth Town. That was a bit of a mad place. That had kind of... Um, it was this weird juxtaposition of like quite well-to-do people that came into the restaurant. The restaurant of the pub was like really, really good food, but the pub was very pubby. So you kind of had these people... That had booked because they'd heard about the you know the amazing cuisine, and they had to walk past you know a fight, and then like some people, <laughs> you know, and you know the locals having a bet on something, and somebody was always breaking up in that pub. I don't know if it was next because it was next to the station, so maybe it was a quick getaway. But there was always right. a breakup, and we were wagering on the breakups and stuff like that. Um, that was an interesting place to work. Yeah, the the, the kind of the people watching if you work in a pub can it can be amazing. I think I remember when I worked in. Um, the brewery tap. There's a couple who came in every Friday night, and it was clear they were having an affair. Yeah, and it was it was really fascinating. One time he came back because he'd left his glasses there, and like the look of sort of absolute panic as he came back in, and just because I don't know, he'd worried he'd left some kind of trail behind. It's weird you say that. Then we had exactly the same type of thing in the Alma. In Wandsworth, there was a couple because there was a tiny little hotel attached to it as well. That was only maybe like eight rooms, I think. And every single Thursday lunchtime, (laughs) (laughs) this couple would come in. And I I remember what they would still order. The guy would order a pint of pale ale and she would have a large Sauvignon Blanc and they would share a sausage roll. That's that's what they had. (laughs) I mean, for people that were having an affair, if you wanted to catch them out, it was the same time, the same side of the bar, the same order every single week. And then they would go up to the room and then they would leave at like sort of three, four o'clock. And it was almost like they had to have that public bit to yeah. sort of cover their back. Well, it's almost like it like lends some kind of 
level of decency to the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Well, they're just here for a sausage roll. Yeah. Yeah. Bumped into each other and sharing a sausage roll, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm tired. Oh. Yeah. If only there was somewhere I could quickly retire. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, folks, if, if you're listening to this and you've ever been broken up with or broken up with someone in a pub, do let us know, uh, John, at Moon Under Pod. I'd be very interested to know what you ordered, whether you finished your drinks, yeah. whether you stayed to get absolutely smash a show whether you appreciated or resented the public setting of the breakup. Yeah. It's an interesting topic, the pub as a, mm. a, a location for a breakup. Yeah, because I think some people do it so that you can't kick off too much. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. But then that makes a kickoff even worse if it does happen. Yeah. A drink in the face. Mm. Yes. Who knows? We had an extreme crier one time. It was awful. Ooh. Oh. And we, we kept yeah. just bringing her wine after he'd left. Which I don't know if that was responsible or not, but she was absolutely... Sh- I don't think she even remembered she had a relationship by the end of the night, to be honest. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> well, let's start discussing your dream pub, Alexandra, because you've had more experience than most of our guests. So what what are you looking for in terms of the vibe, the decor, uh, the setup? I want the vibe to be one of everybody getting on, people talking to strangers... Not chaos, that's too far. I want there to be an air of like, you could always, there's always the feeling that you could have a night that you're going to be telling people about in the air. You know what I mean? Like one of those sort mm. of like, some things kicking off, but not in a, not like a fight way. You know, like somebody's yeah. having fun and he's, they're kind of bringing everyone else in. I like that type of vibe. In terms of the decor, I really enjoy pubs where you sort of walk in and you you think... I like it here, but I don't know what they were going for. I were like an eclectic (laughs) sort of mad. Um, There used to be a pub in, uh, I used to live in Wandsworth Town years ago, and there used to be a brilliant pub called The Cat's Back. I don't know if anyone, it was fantastic. (laughs) It was was an absolute like shambles of a pub, but it was brilliant and it was open really late and nowhere else was. And it was technically a members club after 11 p.m., AKA they just kicked out all the toffs that didn't really know (laughs) how good it was. And you had to go around the back after 11 p.m. Mm. And they gave out laminated members cards, which, I mean, meant absolutely <laughs> nothing. Like, yeah. um, the, ideal, the ideal thing of my pub as well is that it's owned by an absolute nutter. Like, it's got to be. Right. Like, it's, it's yeah. absolutely got to be. Um, and this yeah. guy was a complete eccentric. That's probably a more PC way of saying it, of what I'm trying to say, the nutter. But, um, yeah, and he had... Uh, he was in a lot of a lot of debt, I think, because he was always buying really odd furniture from kind of like old marine sails and stuff like that. it was it was mad. There was like old barrels and like there was you know kind of a church pew, but also like a leather sofa. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, I like cozy, sure, fire. I you know I'm a cliche when it comes to that. Yeah, a, a nice open fire, that's good. But like a, a sort of eclectic, slightly odd vibe. I think if a pub is going to be owned by an eccentric, you want there to be a really good bar manager somewhere down the line. You've got to have the uh, the deputy manager as he's got to be screwed on or she. Yeah, yeah. You you want those lines to be cleaned. You want the the surfaces oh, wiped yes, down. Yes, definitely. And, and and let the eccentric owner go mm. crazy on the decor, on yeah, the vibe, yeah. on the pub quiz, whatever. Yeah. Um. But you do want your I's and T's dotted. You want to see a certificate of hygiene somewhere. Oh, 100%. Oh, God, hence yeah. owner, not sort mm. of runner of the yeah. pub. I'm sure we've we've mentioned this maybe in the monthly pod, but the 
the Roxy's in Bristol, which used to be run by a guy called Eddie. And he was, it was a big crazy crap on the wall kind of place. And John walked in once and he was nailing a hat to the ceiling. Yeah. But he was, he was also very on it. He, yeah, he wouldn't like he, was. he wouldn't let any sort of mischief kick off. But yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> nailing hats to the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's incredible. I love that. Yeah. 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 There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. So in this pub, you have various choices that we're going to make uh, throughout your tenure here at the Moon Underwater. We start with draft. What are your two draft options? Now, I'm sorry to start off by probably disappointing you guys. I don't like beer. Not a problem. I'm so sorry. But controversially, I have chosen Guinness as one of my drafts because I do really want to like Guinness. And I think it's an extremely cool look in a pub. And I love Mm. to pour a Guinness as well. That's embarrassing. Very bad. <laughs> John's drinking one as, as we speak. Um, so I have got a Guinness on draft because I do think I like to have like I'm trying to train myself to enjoy a Guinness because I went to the Guinness factory this year in Dublin um, and I learned all about it. And I was like doing that thing where I was like, now I've learned everything. Maybe I'll really appreciate the taste. And I just tried it. I was like, I'm not there yet. But it looks amazing. It's great to pour. That's great that you're, 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 you're training yourself to like it. I just think I'm not bothered about not liking beer or ale or anything. I could, no, yeah. I'm not bothered. But I just I do think having a pint of Guinness. I think there's, there's something about the look of Guinness, which if it were a fashion, it would be like an incredibly chic 1950s French dress that would yes. just will look good in a hundred years time. Yeah. It's just the combination Chanel. of small white, a lot of black, yeah, beautiful harp on the glass, the font. It's it's just it really is a design classic. It is, and even when you're working behind the bar, when you're pouring a Guinness, it's like the sort of smooth whistle of pouring it. It was so mm, nice. Yeah. I used to love when people ordered, a, you know, 
um, three, I was about to say three guinea. I don't know. If I think you can have guinea. Yeah. Um, oh, fun fact. Uh, the Prince of Wales, Clive Owen always comes in and orders a Guinness and, really? and always tips a lot. Do you know what? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I always thought Clive Owen was rubbish. And <laughs> then... Uh, do you know why that is? Because we watched Croupier, yeah, Croupier when we were quite young. And Croupier, I, I think Croupier is, is the worst film ever made. <laughs> I've never seen it, but now I really uh, want yeah, to watch it. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. It's got, it's got quite a good rating, I think, on like IMDb or whatever. It's okay. a very earnest sort of vo- narrator's voiceover he does, which is could be the script's fault, I suppose, to him. Anyway, his performance in American Horror Story Impeachment playing Bill Clinton is one of the best acting performances I've ever seen. Is it? I've not seen that yet. And he didn't come in for ages. And then I saw the trailer for that and I thought, that's why. Oh, man. It's unbelievable how good... I mean, everyone involved in that production. It's such a good series. But uh, yeah, so I would shake him by the hand. Whereas previously, I I might have just ignored him. Yeah. (laughs) I hope he's listening to this and I hope he knows he's gained a fan. Yes, very much so. Yeah. get him on. But yeah, so I, de- I definitely would have Guinness because I think it's a staple. You can't have, you can't have a pub without Guinness. I don't think, whether you like it or not. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, my other draft, somewhat controversially, uh, after I've now told you that I don't like, I don't like beer or ale. I used to love cider, and I OD'd on it too much when I was younger. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now mm-hmm. it just makes me think of student nights and. Um, my early 20s. I can't drink white wine or cider anymore because I just drank so much of it in my 20s that it makes me feel sick. <laughs> yeah, the association. So you don't yeah. like beer. You're not yet converted to Guinness. You can't drink cider or white wine. Yeah, so my other draft, which is on draft, I had it in Dublin recently and in a couple of pubs, is espresso martini. Oh, yes, please. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Popular choice, too. Oh, is it? Yeah. Also, Damn. it's a very similar looking drink to Guinness. Yeah. That's what exactly what I thought. I thought we'll keep it uniform across the board on draft. So they're going to look really nice being poured together. Exactly. That's what I thought. And also, I'm I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. But I do like very recently. Um, I've been dating a guy, and he was like, "Have you not had an espresso martini?" And I was like, "I don't like coffee." And he was like, "Try it anyway." And we were really flagging on a night out, and honestly, had a great night. <laughs> yeah. It really does hit. <laughs> Mm. And having it on draft as well is good because then it doesn't take, you know, bartenders ages to make. Exactly. Which, oh, yeah. yeah. And sure, it's not quite as good. But the one I had in Dublin wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be when they poured it out. I thought that is, you know, blasphemy. But actually, I mean, you know, it was all right. They had espresso martini on draft in some of the bars at the Pleasance in Edinburgh this year. They had like two little cocktail things uh, on draft. did they? Mm. And it does really, especially when it gets to like 11pm midnight, it saves so much faff and yeah. so much time because, you know, you get these sort of like um, TV twerps who come up for the yeah. last week of the Edinburgh Festival to essentially get hammered every night and not really see much comedy. Yeah. Guilty. Uh, I'm not a TV twerp, I'm just a twerp. <laughs> Don't work in the biz. And they'll come up like be like six espresso martinis and usually you have oh. to wait... You know, twenty minutes for the yeah. poor sod behind the bar to to get the espresso machine going and to then shake it all up with ice and then to blah 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 blah. Put the little bits of coffee on the top. while everyone else is like, oh, yeah, I agree. So yeah, I'm fully behind draft espresso martinis. In fact, I'm going to say it. I think if you offer it in a pub, it should have to be on draft. 
Ooh. Cocktail bar, fine. Oh, Take God, however yes, long you yes, want. Yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay. That's a good That's fair. Yeah. Or I think if there's no one in front of you at the bar when you order it, you're allowed to order a proper one. If there's more than one person at the bar, no. Yeah. But there might be no one in front of you, and by the time you get served it, there's six people behind you. I think it's, a, it's, it's the bar person's call. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll do you a real one. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be machine, nice. But I'll, I'll do you a real when one. When you're not there's expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I went to the pub. I had a drink with my friend. It was really nice. The pub was called The Moon Underwater. Next, we've got bottles and cans. What are we going for? Bottles and cans. I was so thrilled when I saw that you could have wine as this. Um, okay. I was very, I was torn between this, but I'm, and I'm going to seem like such a basic when I say this, but uh, one of my bottles is the palest rosé somebody can find. <laughs> I cannot drink white wine anymore, but the paler the rosé, the nice. I'm, the thing is with this is that it is it's so delicious that I forget that it is actually wine and also um, turns you insane, but it is. <laughs> A lot of fun. And I had one of my worst hangovers on Rosé. My worst hangovers ever. Last year, and it was after the England-Germany game, uh, we'd won. And I went to my local pub and I bumped into Ivo Graham, Josh Widdicombe and some other guys that had been actually at the game. Mm-hmm. And Ivo decided to come back to our house with like my housemates and my pals and stuff and drink. And I drank so much Rosé that night. I was absolutely off my face and I was chatting absolute bollocks I was at at one point I um I didn't remember this but somebody the next day said do you remember intensively quizzing Ivo about the Millennium Dome um <laughs> and because uh, I woke up to like him sending me a long read on it I thought oh, that's a bit weird um, <laughs> that's great and I was so smashed that when I woke up I had that awful thing where I woke up and thought oh my God, I actually feel fine. I can't believe I've got away with this. Mm. And I went to a 90-minute hot yoga class. Oh, Jesus Which I think sort of had the um, the sort of physical effect of drying me out like a leaf. It reheated the hangover. Oh, it was... I honestly... I think that was the worst 36 hours of my life. Um, Bloody hell. So, yeah, but I am choosing... (laughs) I am choosing a very, a very pale rosé. Explain the paleness. Do you mean sweet or... Why, why pale? Because surely that just brings it closer and closer to white wine. Okay, I know. I can't explain this, but it tastes completely different to me. It doesn't taste like piss, which a lot of white wine does. But you know, what I mean by that is when you get... Um, if you go to like a Spoons or especially like in Edinburgh and some of the pop-up bars where they're obviously just, you know, fair enough, buying the cheapest of each kind of booze and you order a rosé and it comes and it looks like Ribena, that is the worst substance known to man. I don't think that should be legal. I think it's just like a Zinfandel. Do you know what I mean? One of those. Mm. It tastes mm. horrific, but the paler the rosé, the more sort of um, like peachy the rosé. It's absolutely delicious. You can't beat it. Do you have any particular brands in mind or just anything that's pale? Um, I, I said Whispering Angel just purely because that is the cliche one. And <laughs> But it's so expensive. I think that's a bit... We've had Whispering Angel on before, I believe. We certainly have. I've got empty bottles of it here, actually, in my nice. room. <laughs> I use as candle holders. That makes me sound oh, like lovely. an absolute freak. But That was <laughs> chosen by Dave Berry. 
Yes, you're right. One of our earliest guests, and I bought it as a result of that. I'd have to say it didn't warrant the price tag in my eyes. No, 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 no. That's what I mean. It's I'm I'm struggling to think of another specific brand, but that is the Whispering Angel in uh, in uh, not Intimidators, Imitators. <laughs> That's what right. I'm trying to say. <laughs> Whispering Angel Imitators. Welcome. That is what I'm trying mm. to say. And what about your second bottle or can? Okay, second bottle is. Um, a proper Italian that you actually find in Italy, Prosecco, not Ooh. the cheap crap that is everywhere. I sound like such a snob. I'm such a non-drinking snob. But if I'm having my ideal pub, um, if you know, I drink it quite a lot. Um, a couple. I, I sort of always start the night on like a Prosecco, which everyone thinks is like, oh, what are you celebrating? But no, it's just I don't like white wine anymore. You've got espresso martini on tap. I don't think anyone thinks you're a snob. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till you hear my wild card. That's going to really sort of balance me out. Um, and uh, yeah, but if you go to a proper Italian restaurant and you get a bottle of prosecco, it's so delicious. It's not even that. It's not that sweet. It's quite dry. It's really, really fizzy. It like takes your mouth off, and it's delicious. But there's there's so much shite prosecco around since the kind yeah. of boom of it, and that's why I was like, oh my god, do I really want to? Because it, it was either that or like a really posh, nice like Cabernet Sauvignon. But like, because I don't like beer and stuff, it's, uh, yeah, it's, again, I've not, I don't have a specific brand. I'm so sorry. But my, my criteria is like, actually go to Italy and pick one and ship it over. Because they're all Italian. Do you know what I mean? But obviously, the Italians are just sort of bathing in our money, I think, as for the last four years, because it's gone yeah. mad. And I think there's probably everybody's just like, yeah, we'll just knock up a Prosecco. That'd be fine. But like a prop, one that Italians would drink is always delicious. Robin, you're a big fan of Prosecco. I am. Could either of you or both of you explain the sort of the flavour difference from champagne? Or is it just that you get more bang for your buck? I mean, in a, yeah, bang for buck, because I think a cheaper Prosecco is always nicer than a cheap cheap champagne. Yeah, I would And say I same. think Prosecco's got the... It's a bit crisper. I find champagne's got the kind of bready, almost nutty quality, which I don't really like. I'm the same Prosecco's with you. a bit cleaner tasting somehow yeah i actually prefer a really good prosecco to a to a champagne because mm. yeah there we go now now i don't sound posh but it's, <laughs> essentially it's the same thing it's just not made in the same region right yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you've, you've you've discovered wine john <laughs> I mean, it's, all, it's all the same yeah but, no, but it's this made in different places yeah champ- champagne is is has got one of those uh, denomination originale controles mm. so it's just Prosecco made in the area of Champagne. Is that what we're saying? I don't know. I don't know the differences, but I truly, I'm the same as you, Robin. I actually would really rather, I'd prefer a Prosecco over a Champagne. Champagne, I think, is too dry and it's not, it doesn't actually taste as good, I don't think. No, I I I actually do think there's quite a taste difference. Yeah. 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 I mean, don't get me wrong, if someone's got a a big bottle of champagne. Oh yeah, sure. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to say no, 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 no. I prefer prosecco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm getting definitely going to drink in, yeah. as much of it as possible. You know. Where does Carver come into all of this? It's Spain. Spanish, and that's yeah. really dry as well. That's closer to champagne, I think. Is it really? Absolute experts on the panel here. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> What's Carver then? Yeah. Um, <laughs> An, an English sparkling wine is the same, but they haven't just come up with a snappy name for it yet. Yeah, that's true. We need to come up with oh, a good name for it. Oh, but they're called, it. you know, pet, pet gnats. That's what they're called, like, um, 
that's the shortening of it, and it makes you sound like such a knob. Pet gnat. Yeah, yeah. Have you not? Yeah. So it's 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 short for something, but it's basically English. It's a type of English sparkling wine, and apparently our sparkling wine is actually the best and most respected. But it's more it's so expensive that people don't drink it a lot. Hmm. It's short for petillon naturel. It doesn't go. sound very English. Or maybe it's just maybe it's just the new prosecco. To be honest. Ah, uh, that's the natural wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's one called oh, is, what's the what's the English one? It's called like Nyanda uh, or something, something like that, or Nightimber. That's the one everyone's like raving about. But it's still not as nice as just a nice bottle of prosecco. Yeah. We we need a name for it. It's like um, I've, I was I remember my French friend Lionel saying that when they was learning English, they had to learn the English for bon appetit, and it's en- enjoy your meal. <laughs> It's so rubbish, isn't it? We just don't have don't have enough language around food and drink. You know, we need a name for it. If you've got any ideas, please write in. Yeah, what's the name for English champagne, uh, John, at moonunderpod.com? Because it needs to sound English, but it also needs to sound classy. Yeah. What about um, Clarendon? Clarendon? <laughs> that sounds like an inquiry. <laughs> yes, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> It sounds too much like claret. Okay. Getting there, yeah. I was going to say, we call wine plonk, don't we? So mm. if it's fizzy, we could call it plos. But that sounds... Plos. Plos. <laughs> that sounds plonk. kind of English yeah. and awful. That's good. Plos. I like plos. Plonk in itself is a bastardization of blanc, isn't it? Which oh, is, yeah. So it's, it's, it's still, we're still French. We need to kind of... Um... I'm just trying to think of classy English words. Yeah, maybe like a, the name of a river. Isis? No. <laughs> just a couple of bottles of Isis because, you you know, you, she did really well on her A-levels. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be from the real Isis region. Yeah, though, of, of course, course yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we can be classy with booze in this country. Yeah. Well, what region would we be making? We have to, we have to name it after the region. Kent? I was going to say it's in Kent. You can't call it sort a of... glass of Kent. No. Kent juice. Kent, Kent juice. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. That's, Kent's juice is, just sounds like the tears that people from Kent cry when anybody else moves into their street. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a superb pub we've got uh, being built here. It's a pub where you can talk to strangers and chaos is too too big a term, but something is kicking off. Uh, you walk in, the decor, you're not quite sure what they were going for and there may or may not be laminated members cards. Yes, that'd be amazing. It's owned by an eccentric and it is backed by the smooth whistle of Guinness being poured. Uh, but we're now taking a break from Alexandra Haddo's dream pub to sojourn to the Moon Underwater pub quiz, Robin. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down. It's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger. That wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. Welcome to the Moon Underwater pub quiz. This week, it's a good week if you like American things, because it's four questions about films and TV series set in small-town America. So, quite specific genre of things there, small towns in America. So, we're going to do four questions, and then we'll do the answers in part two. So, question one is, 
1993 fantasy rom-com Groundhog Day is set in which real-life town in Pennsylvania? Groundhog Day is set in which real-life town in Pennsylvania? Question two. The classic 1946 Christmas film It's a Wonderful Life is set in which fictional town? That's question two. Great film. John can do a good impression of Jimmy Stewart. Oh, come on now, Robin. That, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice. Question three. The fictional town of Hawkins, Indiana is the setting of which TV series? I, do you need a little bit of extra intel there? No. Alexandra? Okay. No, I'm, I'm going out on a limb. Okay. And question four is the fictional town of Derry in Maine is the setting of which horror novel which has been adapted for both TV and film? So that's question four. So, good luck. Very good pub quiz there, Robin. Very good, yeah. I think you're going to be slightly annoyed at one of my answers, despite it being correct. Am I really? Yes, but all tenterhooks to be held on until we return with part two. Uh, So for now, uh, we uh, bid you a brief respite to fill your glass, pop to the loo, and also head to moonunderpod.com to find out about supporting this podcast through Patreon, which gives you access to live tickets for uh, the live shows that we do. Also gives you the bonus pod behind the cellar door unedited ad-free episodes and a couple of other treats in there too so hopefully see you at one of the live shows we thank alexandra haddo and we'll see you back in part two 